Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. So one of the things that um, I like to do with a couple of pastor friends of mine is that we share books. Whatever we get done with a particular book, we'll, we'll pass it on to another pastor friend. And uh, recently, a pastor who is in uh, Smithville Methodist Church in uh, somewhere in the HEB area, I forget exactly where he's at now, uh, where, where Smithfield Methodist Church is, uh, he uh, texted me and said, hey, I have a book that I want you to read. I was like, well, sure, that's great, thank you. And, and so he, he, he mailed me the book, and I didn't get started on it right away. It, w- it was about, oh, I'd say maybe six months before I was able to get to this book. But it was around the time we started this new mission vision project that, that we've been embarking on as a church. And, and the name of the book was The Forgotten Ways by Alan Hirsch. And uh, uh, if, if you're writing it down to, to read it, I, I would recommend it, absolutely. But just to let you know, it is a very academic book. So uh, it, it's a book that took me about four months to read because I, I, I would read something and I would go shake my head and read it over again and said, okay, well, let me put this away. And then I would go back to it and read it again and over and over again like that, you know, like a good, really thick, solid theological, academic type book. But, but one of the things that this book reminded me of, and it's really sad that a book reminded me of this, is that the church, okay, this, this, this is going to blow you away when I say this. The church is supposed to be alive. What? No, the, the church is supposed to be Alive. Sometimes when we take a look at the church, we get so caught up in the systems. We we get caught up in in the structures. We get caught up in, in, in personal preferences that we forget that, that when we focus on those things, it, it has a tendency to drain the life out of the church. And all you have is an organization. All you have is, is this mechanical thing that, that you continue to feed over and over and over again. And you wonder, why isn't life change happening? Why, why isn't my life different now because I am a part of a church than it was before? In my opinion, my, my idea behind that is that wh- when you start focusing on the systems, wh- when you start focusing on the, the organization, wh- when you start focusing on the mechanical things that happens when you are a part of a church, the life gets sucked right out of it. 
I've been a part of a church where, where the life has been sucked out of it, and I don't want to be a part of a church like that ever again. I want to be a part of a church that brings life, that brings hope, that brings change to not only the people who are sitting within the pews of the church, but in the community around us. That, that is something we've started when I got here seven years ago, and, and I want to, by the grace of God, to be able to continue that as we move forward. Now, Alan Hurst, she gives about four or five things to, to help us through that. And I, I wanted to just list them real quick. I know this is, not, this is part of the sermon, but not really part of the sermon. So I just wanted to share these things with you real quick. One of the things that Alan Hurst said, that every authentic church movement has an unwavering commitment to Jesus Christ. If, if our commitment is anywhere else but the love and grace of Jesus Christ, then our commitment is the wrong place. Every our authentic church movement has clearly articulated a vision for discipleship and a clear process on, on how we make disciples. Y'all are going to hear more about that later. Every authentic church movement has committed to extend the movement to the world around us. There's another way that we talk about that in the church, and that's making disciples. Every authentic church movement has a missional ministry. We're, we're not here to serve ourselves, folks. We are here to serve those around us. And then the last thing, and this is the scariest one maybe, but every authentic church movement has an inbuilt, culturally embedded willingness to regularly dare to take risk in the cause of Christ. It's not to take risk just to take risk, but it is to take risk so Christ may be proclaimed, so, so that Christ may be lifted up. And, and all of us, our lives are changed because of, of who Jesus is and what he has done for us, and we share that with others. So with that in mind, as we begin this series on, on being alive, would you please go to God in prayer with me? Oh God, you have given us a gift, and that is a gift to be the body of Christ, a, a, a gift to be a, an alive place where people can express and experience your love, where people can express and experience your grace and then share all of that with others. So God, help us to be an alive community as we understand that we have been given gifts to share with others and allow those gifts to bring you all the honor, glory, and praise. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. Amen. So our scripture for today is from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles, or we'll have the words printed up on the screen for you to follow along as well. So hear the word of the Lord. Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is in giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, so my question for us today as we get started, what does it mean to be alive? Now, we have the, the easy answer. You're breathing and you have a pulse. That means you're alive. But my friends, I want my life, I want my aliveness to be a whole lot more than just breathing and have a pulse. We, we know what that looks like. We know what, what, when somebody is alive and, and is just breathing and just has a pulse. And, and, if, and if I'm almost sure, if I were to ask each and every one of you, did you want more from life than that, something more than being uh, just having a pulse and breathing, you would say, absolutely I do. I don't want my life just to be a, a, a living blob just sitting there breathing and, and, and having a pulse. I want to do more. But here's the good news. Because we follow a risen Savior, we have more than that in our own lives. Because of a promise that Jesus gave us. If we take a look at John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus tells us these words. He says, I have come so that they, every single person in this room, every single person that's watching, maybe online, that I am come so that they may have life and have it in just kind of a fairly good thing. No, that's not what Jesus says, is it? I have come that they may have life and they may have it in abundance. I don't know about but that. That just makes me just, just giddy all over. That, that Jesus didn't come just to give me life, that I may just exist in this world, but that I may have life and I may have it in abundance. That's why the church, the body of Christ, is such a special place. Because within the church, if we are doing church correctly, let me, let me put that caveat there. If we are doing church correctly, then we are out looking for ways 
for people to have life and to have it abundantly within the love and grace of Jesus Christ. To have Jesus just, just fill your life completely so that when people see you, they look at you and they say, that person is alive in Christ and is giving a strong witness to his grace and mercy that I want to be a part of that. There was a young lady by the name of Lisa. Lisa walked in to worship one Sunday, and she, she sat down. And uh, after the worship service was over, I was uh, taking care of, of things here in the sanctuary, and Lisa walked up to me, and we, we started to have a conversation. And I could tell that she was hesitant in coming up to me. And she was like, can you tell me a little bit more about what it means to, to follow Jesus? A and I talked with her about that. And she shared with me some of the struggles that was going on in her life. A and she even asked the question, do you think that I could come here from now on? Because I, I was at another church, and, and, and the other church told me that I needed to leave because they didn't like parts of my life. And I told Lisa, I said, you are welcome here. You, you a, as we say, you belong here. This is a place where, where you can grow in your faith. This is a place where you can come to understand who Jesus is. And, and, and Lisa started to come regularly a and here's the fun part lisa got involved in a couple of small groups lisa on social media she started to talk about how she was growing in her faith and how she was reading the bible and she was sharing publicly how how god had made a difference in her life lisa served on committees Lisa did all of these things, not to say that she was able to, to check off boxes here or there, but, but she knew that, that she played a vital role in the life of the church because of the gifts and graces that God has given her. And she continues to share those gifts in a way that people look at her and they see that she is different. People look at her and they see that, that God has gotten a hold of her and, and has made a, a change in her life so that she is, is grafted into this body of Christ to share God's love and mercy with others. So, so you may be wondering, so how, how can I become more alive? How, how can I be a part of the body of Christ? Christ, so, so that Christ may be reflected in me. The very first thing is that you have to know yourself. You have to know who and whose you are. I know if you've been around for a while, you've heard me tell this story about me or my brother going out in high school or junior high and mom and dad always stopping us before we go out the door. And they would always ask this question, do you know who you are? When you go out into the world, do you know who you are? My brother and I, we would go, 
Yes, we do. We are the sons of Glenn and Francis Everson. And mom would always shake her head and say, no, that's not who you are. You are a child of God. You are a representative of Jesus Christ. So, so when you leave this place, it is more important that you represent Jesus more than you represent the Everson name. It is more important that when people see you, they see Christ in you than what school you go to, what, what teams you root for, what, what, uh, what, what uh, family you come from, but that you know that you are a beloved child of God. And as I always like to say, you are one in whom Christ dwells and delights, and you live in God's unshakable kingdom. The second thing that you must do is that you must use the gifts because they are different than any other personal gifts. I, I love my little young disciples' time down here. I had fun with it because I could see wheels started to turn. What is it that I'm good at? What, what is it that I can do to share with other people so that they may see God in me. There's this quote by Oscar Wilde that, that I love. Uh, Ian, Egan, Ian Crone, who has a podcast, he, he ends his podcast with this quote. But I think it's a very important thing for us to remember. He says, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. W when you try to compare yourself, and, and you know, th this is me, Pastor Chris, talking to myself too. Because I like to compare myself with other pastors other other people that I see online, other other people who I feel are, are stronger in their faith than I am. I always have to remind myself that I need to be who I am because everyone else is taken. God didn't create two Terry Chesters. Now some of us may say, well that's probably a good thing. No, there there is only one Terry Chester. There is only one Connie Goodwin. There is only one of each and every one of us because each one of us has something different, a gift that we could share with the world so that they know Jesus in and through us. That's why Paul says that we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. And then he goes on and he says, use them. I can imagine this letter to the Romans, as, as he lists the different gifts that he has there for, to say that, that people different has, he's listing them to say, look, y'all, I know you have these gifts. You need to use them so that Christ may be glorified in your life. He lists what these gifts are. If you are your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. It is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. It is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Here's where the confusion lies now. A and I think the, the, the capital C church and maybe even sometimes lowercase Royce City Methodist Church, has to be honest with is that we 
place all of these gifts on just a handful of people. And we expect them to carry the entire load. But, but scripture tells us it's not just 20% who does 80% of the work in the church that has all of the gifts and, and we look to them to do it. Or, or it's not Lindsay or, or Wanda or Francis or me or Michelle or Jim or Rod or, or Alan or, you know, or, or Nancy that does all of the work of the church. No, we are the body of Christ, and we are all given these gifts so that we can share them with others. And I think sometimes it's easy for us to forget where we get these gifts from. We, we, we like to pat ourselves on the back for all the things that we do, but it is God who has given us these gifts. It is God who has given us the ability to share these gifts with us. Colossians 1.8 says that Christ is the head of the body. And we are given these gifts through the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you have ever seen this before. I, I, th it's one of these images that I wish that I could get rid of my head. But have you ever seen a chicken get its head cut off? You know, you, you, you slice that head off and the chicken just starts running around and everything and then it just flops down. Man, that's kind of graphic. I'm sorry. But, 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 I, but I, I leave that to say, you know, sometimes we as the church, we act that way. We, we remove ourselves away from the head who is Jesus Christ and we just flap around for a while until we get all tired and worn out and everything and then we just... Lay out. We die. Because we fail to remember that it is the power of God in us that gives us life. And when we fail to see that Christ is our head, then, then we miss the whole point. We miss the life that God has given us. So, in the words of Paul, in, in a uh, kind of remodification of Paul, use the gifts that God has given you. Take a moment to, to see how God has gifted you and then share that gift with the body of Christ. If there's not a ministry yet that you feel like your gift has started, then start that ministry. If there is something you feel like God is, has burned inside of you for you to do, talk to me, talk to Pastor Francis. We'll find a way for you to, to build on that gift. We just completed four days with uh, a coach, uh, Kenny Ott. I had you all pray for our mission vision team uh, last Sunday. And hopefully you were praying for us that week. I know you were because I, I felt the prayers, because there was a couple of times that things got kind of heavy and kind of draggy and everything, but I felt the Holy Spirit leading us through that. And I told our team that I would announce something extremely important. We're, we're going to talk more about it tomorrow night during our leadership board meeting, but there was one thing that I promised the team that I would share with the church today. I see a couple of them nodding their heads. They're, re they're ready for it. 
Royce City Methodist Church is no longer looking for volunteers. We're done. We're done looking for volunteers to, to be a part of our church. What Royce City Methodist Church is looking for, we're looking for servants. There's a difference. A volunteer, because <laughs> I volunteered and I know it, I'm guilty of doing this. A volunteer has an event that comes up and you start immediately ticking the time going, all righty, whenever five o'clock at uh, this certain date is done, I'm done. I don't have to do anything else because I have done my volunteer duty. But when we see ourselves as servants, remember a couple weeks ago I talked about Paul talking about being a servant of God. It, it wasn't saying that he was tagged as that was who his identity was. It was a job description. And a job description of a servant is someone who willingly lays down their life so the gospel of Jesus Christ can be proclaimed. Someone who willfully lays down their life for someone else. Someone who willfully lays down their life so Christ may be lifted up and that more and more people can experience Christ's love and grace through us, through that servant, so that their life may be changed, so that their life may see the power of God within themselves, so that all honor and glory and praise may go to Jesus and not to ourselves. My hope that as we continue to move forward, and as we become more and more alive, we use the gifts that God has given us, those individual gifts, so that he may be praised and that he may be glorified in us. Let us pray. Dear God, I love being a part of this body of Christ. And yes, we do have a picture of the sanctuary on the slide, and we know that the church is not this building. But it's the people who gather in this building. It's the people who are in mission. The people who are in ministry. The people who... When, when they see somebody who may be down or a little upset, walks over to them and say, hey, how can I support you? How can I pray for you today? How can I lay my life down so that your life may be lifted up? How can I live in that abundant life that, that Jesus has given each and every one of us? so that he may be praised, so that he may be proclaimed. God, help us to see where we can serve you, not, not begrudgingly, not as a, a task or, or something that we just put aside, but Lord, we give our lives to you so that others may see you in and through us. So God, we lift this prayer up to you. 
in the name of Jesus and the presence of Jesus and in the great power of Jesus our Lord. Amen.